I could have just like flinched at him and he probably would have ran to his car like a little bitch. Are you custom made, custom paid, or you just custom fitted? Welcome to another Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick, and I'm here with Cassie. Hello. What's going on? I guess, uh, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Maybe. I know. Why is that? I don't know. It's only been two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's been the normal. I don't know. Last week I did three cities in three days with Ugh. like four flights. So maybe that's what it feels Where'd like. Where'd you go? Wednesday I flew to LA, had dinner. Next day, meetings all day. Flew to San Francisco, had dinner. Next day, meetings all day. Flew home, got home at like one o'clock in the morning. Sounds awful. Yeah, part of. <laughs> and that's a long flight. Both of those yeah, are long flights. Yeah, it's uh, part of uh, the club champion experience, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, 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 it was good. And, uh, but I mean, I guess the biggest news since the last time we talked and that's why it feels like, and this feels like a million years ago already is the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So it's done. It's over. It was an ass whooping and I don't even really want to talk about it to be honest with you. (laughs) It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. We did a little better on Sunday than I expected us to do. Yeah. But it was exactly what I thought. I said from the get-go, the U.S. didn't really have, like, any firepower. No. They, well, most of them hadn't played in five weeks. Shame on them. They all looked dead. <laughs> I'm not going to get into all the little stuff that you could have read in the media because who knows what was true and who what wasn't. Yeah. I know one thing. I want If I were the if I were the captain of that, I would need more heart. Yeah, it was it was bad. If it, it, Joe, Joey LaCava is the hero of the Ryder Cup, in my opinion. He's he's the winner. I hate I hate Rory McIlroy. I know. I think he's a uh, spoiled little punk that you know it wouldn't take much to like when he went after you know Bones or whatever. Yeah. I was just like I could have just like flinched at him and he probably would have ran to his car like a little bitch. He was heated. He deserves is, everything he gets. It is what it is. But like we we all saw it, and then we saw the apology. Whatever, it's fine. It's done. And then like you know like Shane Lowry, he was in you know. I'm a huge hater of Shane Lowry. Okay, so I don't hate Shane Lowry, but for hate him. okay, so for our <laughs> listeners who don't know what happened, there's like a video of there was a volunteer basically telling people like, "Hey, stop walking," because you know how when you you could be walking on like the path, but they were right off the green. So the volunteer was basically trying to help Shane Lowry, and he was like, "Hey, please stop moving." And Shane Lowry walks up to the volunteer and is like, "You're making more fucking noise than anybody else is." Can you imagine if yeah. Brooks Kepka had said that? Can you imagine? Oh. The shitstorm if, if an American had acted like but that. There's, there's stuff before that. Like there's a, there's a clip out there of him talking about like living because he lives in the United States part yeah. time too, and taking his kid to Home Depot and his kid grabs an American flag and he said put that shit down. Yikes! And like to me, it's like, dude, you live in this country part time, you make money off this country's thing sometimes. Listen, I don't say that. Oh, my mic just fell. Just His mic's like, oh, fuck Shane Lowry. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like <laughs> Shane Lowry either. But I, I just don't like that whole interaction. Now, here's what I will give him, okay? Because I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, okay? I like attitude. I like fire. I like all that stuff in the moment when you're in that competition. When you get off the playing field, you got to relax a little bit. But yeah. in the on the playing field, I like the fieriness of what you're abroad. They yeah. looked like they had heart. They looked like they had fire. They took it seriously. They played events. What was it? The Irish open or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, the week before, like they looked prepared and they had a killer mindset. Yeah. The U S just kind of looked like, you know, bump, 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 bump. And again, there was a million, you know, media storylines that came out of it. I'm not going to get into those. Cause 
I don't know what's true and what's not like the whole, like, who was it? Xander and like, uh, Canelay or pissed off Hatgate or whatever. We're going to talk about Hatgate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, it's hard. We'll talk about it, but it's just like, to me, it just gets, it's kind of diluted because I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah. It's all I do mess. know, which, you know, that stuff could be symptoms to an overall problem. Maybe it's true. But the problem was, is I just didn't see the heart from the get go. Yeah. They weren't crushing beers off the first tee like they were two years ago. They weren't like in your face. You know, they they missed that that shit talking until Joey LaCava got in there and did it. Yeah. And it wasn't even, it was like subtle. Like I'm just going to hold my head up for a little too long. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Max Holmna. He's probably my favorite player now, especially on the Ryder Cup. Easily my favorite player that was on the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And he was a rock star. Yeah. I can't wait for people to be listening to this podcast in like a year and they're just binging it. And your take on Max Homa has changed <laughs> across all yeah. these episodes. I know. Oh my God. No, he's the best. I freaking love Max. He's awesome. Uh, we did have other stuff going on though. So, right. Like the Ryder Cup was a couple weeks ago. We did have a tournament in between now and then. So the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, Matt Fitzpatrick came out and, you know, did what Matt Fitzpatrick does. Um, he also played the Pro-Am with his mom and they won, which is super cute. <laughs> Yeah, it's a family affair there. Obviously, his brother yeah. plays and on the DP tour now and, you know, the whole nine yards. So that's good. I, I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick, I have no idea. He's like, he reminds me of our the, this generation's Luke Donald, oh, where he okay. just kind of gets things done. Yeah. Nothing really too flashy, you know, that kind of stuff. I actually, for me, the bigger win of the week was Luke List at the Sanderson. Okay. And the reason is, is because Luke List is a longtime peering disciple mm. on the PGA Tour. And so, I mean, he does not never have any of his clubs peered. And so it was good for to see him uh, break out and win this week. That's really cool. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Hanma. The designers at Hanma create stunning performance. And for distance, their TW757 irons are designed to turn heads. With a tungsten sole and toe weighting for the ideal heft and an L-cup face design for optimizing your strike zone, TW757 irons pack form and function. Experience the world's most beautiful game with Hanma's TW757. They're available for fittings at Club Champion Studios nationwide. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we did have some other news. Um, outside of that, so our girl Lexi, she has been making headlines because she's going to be competing with the boys at the Shriners Children's Open at TBC Summerlin. Um, she's one of a very select few number of women who have competed in a PGA Tour start. So, Yeah, I, I, I have no, my take on this is, is I don't know how I feel about this. I don't really have a feeling about I, it at I, all. I, I, I think I, she's a good enough golfer. Like, who cares? She's going to miss the cut by 40. They won't even put a line on it. It's so bad. That's the only thing that makes me nervous about this whole thing. Is I like Lexi. I'm rooting for her to make the cut. Yeah. I just don't think like Vegas won't put a line on it. I don't think we, that there's expectations. I mean, I bet if she breaks 80 both days, I think that's going to be good. And they were talking about this and they're like, you know, she's talking about how I want to empower women and all that stuff. And I can get behind that. I mean, I got a daughter and I, I'm, I mean, I, I no problem with that. There's only been one person to ever make it, one lady to ever make a cut on the PGA Tour, and it was like in 1943. Yeah, well, and she was also like an Olympic athlete. Too, yeah, other so sports. it's just one of those deals. And, and it's not because Lexi isn't a good golfer. The golf courses are just so different. It's like, yeah, she's going to be like, even the shortest guy this week is going to be out driving her by like 20 yards at least. Yeah, I mean, and we'll so, see. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. And so I, I hope the best. I hope people take it the right way. I hope they see it the way I see it, which is, it brings attention to women's golf and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's one of those tricky things that I don't trust. Like, 
I don't know if I trust the human race out there to take it the correct way anymore. They're going to be like, well, she got demolished. It's like, well, I think going into it, that was kind of known. Yeah. At least it is for me. So can we just enjoy the fact that we're going to get to see something different on the PGA Tour this week? I guess that's how I look at it. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously we're rooting for her, so I'm I'm excited to see her show up and show out. So that was interesting that she got the nod, though. Tough year for our, our girl, for Lexi. Her, yeah. she, I mean, she missed a lot of cuts. Now, her last two starts were a little better. I can't remember. It was like a tie for 20th something. And she a was also like clutch at the eight. Solheim Cup, too. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it was just one of those deals. She's been out there long enough. She earned the nod. But uh, she's not playing her best golf right now, so I hope she... Uh, Maybe this will spark something. Yeah, maybe this will be the competition she needs. Yeah. Um, on the other tour, we do have some live news. So um, the big news this week is that Live will not be granted their world ranking points, and Still people ridiculous. are losing their I shit. I don't buy that crap either. I the whole line don't. of we don't play competition the same way, and it's hard for us to do world ranking, and blah 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 blah. If that's not the most bullshit marketing, you know, like media answer I've ever heard in my entire life, it, it's. It, Trust me, the, the saying where there's a way, there's a will. I truly believe that. I think Cassie knows that about me. I don't care if you tell me no 50 times, I'm getting to a yes. <laughs> there is there is only a yes. There's always a yes. That's something everybody on this planet needs to learn is as long as you're willing to go after it, there's always a yes. And so, you know, like for me, that's just such a crap answer. And I still don't like it. I mean, you could come up with a way. I get it. Like you only play 13 events. You know, they're 54 holes instead of, you know, 72 holes. The the competition, you can call it what you will. I still think it's, you know, top-notch competition. I think there's a way. Now, you're not going to maybe get the points like you would get if you're on another tour. Sure. But there's a, there's, there's a way to weight it. I mean, there's always a way to have a mathematical weight to something mm-hmm. where you could have said, we're putting them in there. You're just, you're using that as your scapegoat because you don't want them in there. I think that's part of it, but I also think that everybody that voted on it, which was not just PGA Tour people, it was a unanimous vote to not allow them to have it. So there's more going on, but I also, I think Brooks kind of screwed him a little bit (laughs) because the argument, like the quote that was floating around in golf media was that like, hey, the live players have basically proven that they don't need their tournament to be weighted and they can still make it into the rankings because Brooks won a couple, like he, he was doing well. Um, so he kind of screwed it for everybody else by not needing the points to be on live. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But there's also, they were talking about a, uh, December 31st deadline for this merger, right? This PGA tour yeah. DP world tour and live, um, merger, but it's still under investigation by the justice. There's Department. another great use of our tax dollars. I, know. I mean, like it's going to get pushed. So if we, we haven't even figured any of this stuff out yet. So we're still stupid. trying to figure out rankings. Like there's a lot happening right now. So stupid. It was wild. But in like somewhat better news for the live people and, and those fans of live, they did announce the format for their 2023 team championship, which I read and can't understand. So me neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, but I'm like, this is confusing as hell. It, it is weird. And I mean, like ultimately the main thing is you're all playing as a team and the lowest collective score is who wins. Like that right. makes a lot of sense, right? They're going to have concerts. It's kind of like all of their other tournaments and whatnot. It's just going to be that on crack, which is Fun for Did those patrons. Did you go to live here? No, God, no. T- D- uh, they had Tiesto and Nelly. Yeah, which good. wild. I mean, I'm here for like the concert. I actually thing. didn't go. I didn't have time, but I, I sent my old man. He said it was great. Yeah, you, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a party the whole time. Yeah. I'm here for that. I don't mind that atmosphere. I just don't support the tour. So like it is what it is. But um, the only thing that struck me about this championship is it's the same weekend. Like it's going head to head with World Long Drive Championships. 
Like it's the exact Does same. Does anybody watch World Long Drive? I mean, yeah, it's on Golf Channel on Sunday. I never like it's the it whole. Once in my oh, life. I watch it every year. Yeah, and oh. to me, that is like not golf. It's weird. It's that would. I don't think that's combating anybody. I think the World Long Drive people don't really watch the other golf, and golf doesn't really watch World Long Drive. Uh, I think the golf maybe, channel just I mean, has I nothing both. better to do, and they can't get any other contracts, so they take World Long Drive. But the reality is, is like lit. It, I would love that. Would be a good bet. We should bet that. What would get better ratings, Live Championship or World Long Drive? I mean, we're the presenting sponsor of World Long Drive, so hopefully no, World it. Long we're Drive. We're trying it. I get it. I just don't. It's not my deal, but yeah, Club Champion is. But my point is, if you're looking at it from like a spectator viewer, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I hang out with, I'm pretty much only hang out with golfers. Yeah. Uh, I'm a golf nerd and I hang out with golf nerds. Never once have I don't know if any of the 500 people that I probably associated on a yearly basis with golf could name one world long drive player. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't, my <laughs> golf circle is a little bit different. They all know who Kyle Berkshire is. They all know no who Martin is. Borgmeier is. They no all know Bryson. Like Bryson's not playing this year, but yeah. like he did last year, whatever. Yeah. Either way. So that's my point is, is like, I don't, I, I guess I could see that, but I, I doubt that has any bearing on it. I mean, they were probably thinking about it just the way I was thinking about it, which is, I wouldn't even have known the world long drive was if we weren't, if we weren't sponsoring world long drive, I wouldn't even know it was. Uh, it just feels like there's so many, like we're in the off season. Like there's so many other weekends you could have done this, especially if Bryson did want to compete in world long drive. Now he couldn't like, there's no option for him now. Right. So those tours can't do both. I don't know. Um, that was the only thing that struck me as weird about it. I, you know, I, what struck me weird is why make the complicated go out there and look at the rules for this thing. It's, it's well, Friday. There's a certain format that then goes down to a, Saturday, which is the same format, but it whittles it down. And then you go to stroke play on Sunday. It's just a little bit, it's going to be, in my opinion, just a little hard to follow, but maybe I'll, I'll probably end up watching it just because I'm interested in it, but we'll see it, it's, it's, I said the same thing about the FedEx cup when they rolled that out, whatever, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, I still think it's confusing. They keep <laughs> tweaking it. So these are always difficult. Uh, I, there's just no good way to do it. All right, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll be able to talk about it next time. Outside of that, I mean, really not a ton of news because we are in the off season, but Club Champion has a couple updates. So let's start with demos. We do. So we have some more demos coming to the store. So we have the PXG has their new 0317T. It's like their, uh, let's call it their blade iron, although it's a little different because even though it looks like a blade, it does have some hollow body construction. Um, so it has some forgiveness. To me, it looks like it's the easiest hit blade we probably have on the wall. Mm. So if you're into that kind of blade player, you know what's great too is you can mesh it with a couple of their other models and make a blended set. So that's pretty cool. We finally got the Callaway Apex uh, CB, their cavity back six iron in there. They were way behind on uh, getting these things out to uh, demos. Uh, their marketing was really hard, but actually getting <laughs> it to us was uh, was a little bit difficult. We have that now. Putters, uh, we have the, more of the tailor-made uh, tour putters going out, the milled ones they have. Again, they had like a select launch in August, and then now they have it more of its uh, a mainstream. So we have their, uh, their tailor-made tour and their tailor-made tour V uh, putters out there. We did finally, and this has been every retailer, Mizuno's was way behind on their launch of their T24 wedges. Um, so we finally have those uh, in all the stores, and you can see them. They got a really cool denim copper one that I think is really neat. But they also have a raw, and they also have a white set. And so some good options there that are finally in the stores. Let me change my page. Oh, yeah, shafts. Okay, I like getting into shafts. Mitsubishi Tensei. They've had their 1K, which is their super ultra premium, you know, uh, white, which is low launch, low spin. 
they finally brought out the blue model in that, which is more of a mid-launch, mid-spin. So they got the Tenze Blue 1K. We have that in all kinds of different weights, flexes, like from 50 grams up to 70 grams from our Flex to X Flex. So those are in the stores now. Uh, Aldola actually redid their NV line, which actually I think it looks really cool. That's more of their budget line. What most people don't really think about when we build out our wall, it's not just we're looking at profiles, weights, and flexes. We're also looking at price points. So we kind of have three price point levels. And so when we get the knock of like we're super expensive, I'm like, we don't have to be. That was just something that either you heard from somebody and they misunderstood or be, you, you know, somehow we didn't get on the right page. But that's their entry level, Aldola shaft, the NV and MVS, and uh, both are brand new again. They got new de- design, some tweaks, updating, and they're in the stores now as well. They've always been good for us. The new graphite design Tour AD fairway wood shafts we got in there. So we've had the Tour AD, uh, a nice uh, spattering, if you will, about Four or five different of the SKUs. There's about 10 different tour AD SKUs, but we have them like between high, medium, and low kind of spread out. So we we wanted to add, and they do really well in the drivers, so we wanted to add the fairway wood shafts, so that's awesome. And then uh, we did do add some new iron shafts, actually. So we got the uh, Nippon Modus 130. The 130 is not new, but it's kind of always been a misunderstood shaft. It's a little firmer in the handle, a little softer in the tip compared to the most 120, which is a little softer in the handle, a little stiffer in the tip. So uh, we wanted to get, you know, there's been some need for that. So we wanted to put that in there. And then graphite design, we, since we were adding the fairway wood shaft and we wanted it, and we've done really well with the wood shafts, we added some iron shafts. So we have the Tour AD 75 and the Tour AD 95 iron shafts, which are really cool. Again, you know, not, I guess, landmark launches, but just little little stuff here and there. This is kind of like shaft season. I always say a lot of shafts come out this time of year. So we got a lot of that, but you know, we're doing back to my, my week this week and next week are a lot of uh, pre lines where I get to see a lot of the new stuff coming in January. So it's going to be pretty cool to kind of see what some of the new stuff coming is. Sneak peek season. Yep. I like it. Um, other than demos, we also, I, I actually just mentioned it, but we are the presenting sponsor of the world long drive, which is happening the week, um, next week, basically. So if you guys are hearing this upon publish, it will be the week after, I think it's the 18th through the 22nd. Um, that's very cool. And then we also have a new location that just opened. So it's the first one in a while, which is cool. Um, center Valley has yep. now, is now officially open as of recording. What I'm excited about, and it's probably going to be at the end of this month, is Wilston, Vermont. Yep, Vermont is going to be a new one. Who even knew? Yeah, that's, we're hitting Vermont. In fact, I was with the trainees yesterday, and the one Wilston fitter was there, and I'm like, how's the golf in, or in Vermont? He goes, it's only an hour and a half from Boston. And I'm like, oh, I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He's like, you know, pretty much if, what if you've played in Boston, that's what you get in Vermont. I'm like, okay, cool. That's pretty sick. Okay, cool. But we got a lot of stores. I mean, there's still eight or nine stores to open on this side of the year. Yep. This thing's going to start blowing up as we start doing these things, and uh, we'll have more updates. Yeah, every two weeks. Do we have specials in the stores they open? Yeah, the $100 full bag with purchase, uh, $50 any other fitting type with purchase. Um, That rounds like, what, four, five, six weeks? Something like that, six weeks, yeah. Um, So that way we can just get people in, get them to experience it, especially in something like we were just talking about Vermont. Like, we've don't have any other locations out there. So people no, may not be familiar with that. And us. I was talking to the fitter and he's like, there's just no options. You go to like really? Dick's. That's it. Maybe you get like a galaxy or something. There might, he's like, there might stuff like that. But he's like, there's really not like you want true club fitting. You got to go down to Boston. Right. Okay. So we're, 
bringing that option. We're bringing it to Vermont. To the Ver- Vermontians? Never been to Vermont. Vermontans? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are I they I want to go to Vermont. I've never been to Vermont. I'm going to this store uh, just because I've never been to Vermont. I've never been to Maine either, and we're going to have one in Maine here in the next, you know, close and I'm excited about that because I've never been to Maine. Can you put it very close to Stephen King's house so that is I he can a Maine guy? He's like obsessed with Maine. All of his books are are based there. And uh, he's okay, got a that, beautiful house. Maybe I house knew there. that now that you said that. Yeah, but that's yeah. Well, you can like walk it's by be his in, house. Uh, what's it called? Portsmouth, I think. Portsmouth. I don't know where he lives in relation to that, but yeah, he's, I think it's gonna be in Portsmouth. But uh, yeah, I don't know either. But I, I, that's another place I've always wanted to go, and I've never gone. All right, I might go to that store if it means yeah, I can stop they, by they, the it, King's look, house. I think it's a well, do you like seafood? I can't Lobster? eat it. No, I have a shellfish allergy. Ah, uh, yeah. oh, that's going to suck then. That's going to suck. They, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, when I think of Maine, I think of lobsters, man. That's yeah. what I think of. So. I, we don't eat meat anyway, but like, even if I did, I can't, I would die. Wait, your husband doesn't eat meat either? Mm-mm. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I need that protein. We don't eat anything that has a face. Uh, all right. I mean, that's pretty much it for our news and for tour news. So let's jump into some yays and nays. All right. <laughs> Starting off strong. Nick, yay or nay, Shell Bay. The this new. Is, yeah, Greg Norman thing. Greg Norman course. Looks and sick. it's million dollar year, a year membership fee. Looks sick. Would you pay a million dollars for it? No, not I. But <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would not. But there's plenty of people that would. Ugh. I mean, I will admit it looks it looks sick. It looks very cool. There's going to be like a yacht club. There's like Here's a tennis the court. It's, it's going to be like the, he, he built it for the Uber rich Yeah, and he built it for the same people he built yachts for. Mm-hmm. Those people don't care. Like a lot of them are using their company to pay for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I will say, I looked at it. I'm like, this is, this is sick. So you're a yay. I'm a yay. I'm a yay. I'm a yay in the sense that it, he, he built a really cool product for the Uber rich. I, if I had the money like that in that world, I might do it. Mm. But if I'm just an individual that says, you know, no. <sighs> I, well, I mean, even setting aside my feelings on Greg Norman <laughs> at the moment, like it could have been anybody. It could be somebody that I like and respect. I would stop. I'd probably still say this is a nay for me only because there's like a, a an opinion out there that golf is like snobby and elitist. And I don't think this helps. So in, in fairness, neither did we were talking about the Las Vegas course that is crazy as well. Like, I don't think that helps either, but there's a subset of people that want this golf is golf can be snobby and elitist. Why can't it be both things? It it can be, but I also think you want Uh, an argument to me that top golf, which, you know, they say they're for the people and you know, it's not snobby and elitist is I, I find that a repulsive it's expensive. It gives me nothing. Like every time I go there, it's 300 bucks. And it's like, what, to hit balls into a hole? I think it's for a different segment of golfer than you. But, but that's yeah. my point. That That's the segment that bitches about golf being snobby and elitist is they're also willing to go get, feed the coffer of the snobby and elitist by paying them $300 to drink beer, eat apps, and hit balls into a hole. Yeah, I guess that's my point is, it's like at a certain point, you, you either have to be both things, which is on, that's my answer. Or you can't complain about it. You're like, you can't say golf's elitist or whatever because you have something for everybody. Honestly, most golfers, I always joke, like if you if you don't think, if you, like you can go down the street here and play Zigfield Troy for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just got your choice. I love, I, hey, listen, I have this feeling. I'm at a club myself, right? And I would consider myself a golf snob. Because of COVID, we have way too many members. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> and most memberships, most clubs do. Where it used to be you ha- you went and you were a member of a club so that you could have that chance to play whenever you want, however you want, and do all that. And nowadays, that's really hard to do at clubs because they have way too many members because there's way too many golfers. Greg Norman saw that and goes, okay, I'll just make it a million dollars a year, and then it'll be elitist only, and then they can have whatever they want. That's, to me, pretty cool. Like like I said, I don't have the money to do it. I probably I will never have the money to do that. I mean, a million dollars a year. Think about that. Wild. Oh. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. But there's plenty of people that do, and there's plenty of corporations that can pay that. And to get that kind of privacy and, you know, like ability just to have a course to yourself, I get it. There's Long Island golf courses that are just like it. Nobody, they just don't, they don't make the news like a Greg Norman makes the news. Mm-hmm. We already talked about this one, so I, I think I already know your take. <laughs> but yay or nay, hat gate. Patrick Cantlay and his hat gate. Yeah, I- if it's true mm-hmm. that he didn't do it because he doesn't get paid, then fuck him and he should have been benched. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he, he, he made, he made a claim that he said, well, the hat doesn't fit, which I could see his big head. I could see that. <laughs> that being said, he had the same issue last Ryder cup. You're telling me you didn't get that worked out. I don't know. Again, I'm going to reserve myself because I don't know how true any of this is, but if you're going to, if you're not going to wear a hat, because uh, if it's true, if it's true, you're not going to wear a hat. Because of that, then you are a piece of shit. But in my opinion, you're playing for your country. If you didn't like it, then you shouldn't have came in the first place. Pass on to the next person. I guess I may, uh, I don't know how to answer yay or nay, but that's my feeling on it. I guess I, so more on the fact that it's even a gate, like, like that's stupid for me. I'm a nay on that. Like, first of all, I think that his quote that is attributed to like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll wear a hat when I get paid to be here. Like he does. And he pointed to a PR professional whose literal job it is to be there and covering all this. Um, I don't love that. It was like blown up and turned into a quote unquote gate. So I'm a nay for that point. I understand both sides. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing something. You guys are making money off of me. I should probably get paid for it. Okay, fine. But I also know the other side of it. We're like, you're an elite golfer. You're doing just fine, homie. Like you had all expenses paid to Rome. Chill. Like it's, yeah. And again, he, he, it's a choice. He didn't have to come a hundred percent. So you're going to represent your country. And if you know that it wasn't like you were blindsided, <laughs> you know, you, you knew what you were signing up for. So it's like one of those deals where like, I think it's stupid. Uh, my, part of me thinks this was media driven more than it was, it was an actual yeah, real thing, context, which yeah. is why I'm so careful around it. Cause it's like, I'm not there, but uh, you know, the fact of the matter is you knew it was going to be an issue. You knew it was going to be an issue when you didn't wear the hat, it, whether it was or not, you did it on purpose or not. You knew it was going to be an issue. So why did you put yourself and your fellow teammates in a position to let the media do that? That part is where, like, if if I was Zach Johnson, I would have said, hold on, bro. I get it. Whatever it is. Okay. But you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to catch shit. Yeah. Like, he did. Zach Johnson was a horrible, I mean, deplorable manager of that team. Oh, geez. I mean, I can't say, I can't name one good thing he did. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was the Americans pick, caught a lot he of He didn't pick good teams. He didn't put good teams against the teams he should have. He obviously didn't force them to play beforehand. They had five weeks off. They allow all this media hate to come because he didn't manage the narrative. Okay. That's my point is, is he could have managed the narrative here and he didn't manage the narrative. To me, it was just like one of those things like, yeah, this is, it just should have never happened. Yeah. 
Um, well, we're both nays, so that works we out. We should have been talking more about <laughs> Joey LaCava talking shit. I mean, well, you're a, you're a yay, so we don't yeah. need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This one's kind of fun. I don't know if you saw this headline, but um, I'll give some context to the listeners. But yay or nay, the new Travis Scott Nike golf shoes. Which is so funny because, like, I see them, and I like that style, whatever their uh, Air Force One style Essentially, shoe. Yeah. yeah. They're and more of, like, a sneaker. Yeah. I, listen, they're cool. I don't really get why people... Like, there's nothing that special. Like, you can get that shoe. I feel like I can go on Nike Plus and get, like, make that shoe myself. It was mostly just a color, like a, whatever they call it, like a a colorway of a different shoe. Like, Mm -hmm. it didn't seem like there was anything special there. But, I mean, listen, everybody wanted them. Well, and I mean, I want them, but I ain't going to go. Go, like, spend hundreds of dollars on them. Um, The reason it made news, though, is there's a golf shop in London that's requiring men to hit a 200-yard drive or women to hit a 150-yard drive to even buy the shoe. So, like, like you have to be a good enough golfer right. to justify I mean, buying it, That's not that being that good of a golfer. So, that's, they really were just trying to keep people from, like. Resale. Resale. Yeah, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. Like, people coming in that weren't really, you know. And, they, I, hey, I respect it. I actually joked. I go, 200 yards, most golfers can dribble. Like, guy golfers can dribble past that. So, it's like. Okay, you know. They just want to stop people from grabbing 10 Yeah, I want to see more competition around the shoes. I want to see. You can't drive at 250 of no chance. No, Oh, boy. I didn't even know Travis Scott was a golfer. I I couldn't name a Travis Scott song, let alone a, but I didn't know he would make golf shoes. I mean, it's working. There's demand for it. It's not like when you get like a Nike, like a a Jordan, and they're just like, everyone is just completely wild. Yeah. Yeah. Bright peel, like pinks and teals different and materials, oranges and yellows. Yeah, and yeah. all kinds of <laughs> like, stuff, like different materials. Got like Louis Vuitton sh- lays on yeah, it. Yeah, like. different shapes, different styles. Like every time there's a Jordan, it's like a very unique shoe. Like I didn't think this one was that unique. It was, it kind of let me down. I kind of like those colors personally. Yeah. So that's why I thought it was kind of cool. But I'm like, man, I didn't, I never saw what the price tag was for them like retail, but uh if I could get them for retail, I probably, if I could pay retail pricing, I probably would have bought them. Yeah. But most of the time, if you don't get on that like list and get them right away, you're never getting them at retail. I guess we're both yays. I'm, I'm okay with it. I think it's funny that you have to hit a 200 yard drive to buy them, but, I like uh, it. <laughs> um, and then getting out of some of the golf space, because this, um, uh, episode will launch on Friday the 13th. So yay or nay Friday the 13th. No superstition around that, so I guess a nay. And you don't watch the movies either, do you? No, I, I have. I'm not like I don't watch them every year. When they came out, I when they come out, I'll watch them. Yeah. Little known fact. I mean, I I don't look like it because I got a million things going on in my life. But Halloween is my favorite. You know, we've like, talked about that. You definitely. Yeah, both it's one of my. I, I mean, growing up, I used to do. My mom tells the stories every year to the kids. In fact, they're getting more interested now. I used to make my own haunted walk every year around my house. I used to use basketballs for heads and. I used to do all kinds of stuff, make the boxes that you put your hand in and grab disgusting foods so that I just <laughs> squeezed onto plates and things. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I'm big into this, but, like, Friday the 13th, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen the last couple, but some of the original ones were awesome. Did you see the one where Jason went to space? No. Okay, so it's been a minute since you watched yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that it gets they get a little weird and a little repetitive. It's like Saw. Yeah. I like the first couple Saws, and now they're, like, a tenth one. Yep. And you're just like, okay, I don't want to play the game anymore. <laughs> Let's play a game. No, you know what? I'll pass the no, game. Thanks, I, Jigsaw. I know, yeah, Jigsaw, I know what you're going to do here. You're going to make it so he might live, might not live, and has to make a choice. And uh, I get it. Yeah. Like it's, I'm kind of, it's kind of like Final Destinations. I used to like those. 
Just like a lot of these, should, a lot of them just get overplayed. We just did horror movie trivia last night as a recording. Came in third, should have been second. I'm still salty about it. <laughs> um, they actually didn't answer or ask any Friday the 13th questions, but they did ask um, like Final Destination and Purge and like a lot of these. Well, Purge is another ones. one where like the first one was good. And then after that, it's just like, okay. See, I enjoy all those shitty horror movies yeah. though. So like, no, I, I get know. it. I, I just like. I wish that I like when they come out with something new, like the retreads, there's just too many of them. Yeah. And then I, I get a little bored by them. Like I used to love, my wife will tell you, I'm more of a zombie movie person. Ooh, okay. I like zombie movies. I think they're more unique. Okay. And although people can say, well, aren't they all the same? Nah, usually you got to kill them a little, you know, all of them have a little different like mm-hmm. twist to them, but superstition wise. So movie that's movie wise, superstition wise. I'm not a huge superstition person. Yeah. You don't yeah, buy just, into that. Nah, it's. It's not my thing. I, I totally get it. It, uh, it might help some people mentally. So if it helps you mentally, that's fine. I, I just don't think I'm that gay. I, well, so it's, my answer is weird. So I'll do the movie one second. Cause I think we know I, I like horror movies. So yay. But the superstition thing, I actually like Friday the 13th. Like I think Friday the 13th is super fun. And the fact that there's one in October and it's like spooky season and all that. I'm, I'm actually super here for that. So I don't, I don't buy into the fact that the number 13 is like evil or whatever. So I love it. I'm like, yeah, it's Friday the 13th. Celebrate. Let's do this. Um, So I'm a yay for that. And the movies, I like them too. But I will say in the rankings of slasher films or like these Halloween, you know, franchises or whatever, Jason and the Friday the 13th movies are pretty low on my list. I don't even know if they're in my top five. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Although they're the number one, he has the number one kills. Like he has yeah, the most if kills. You're looking at like, like for me, because it's a classic, it kind of meets in that classic kind of category. But Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street are too, and they're both better franchises. Yeah, probably. And Scream. Scream's a better franchise too. <laughs> yeah, well, there's another one. I've only ever seen the original Scream. Oh, it's you gotta watch Scream too. It's so fun. <laughs> they get progressively worse, but it's kind of like Final Destination. They get progressively right. worse, but they're super fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. And then lastly, um, and I'll give context for this too. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know the context of this one. And yay or nay, New Orleans, like the city in Louisiana. Oh, yay. Have you, but you've been? Yes. Okay. I mean, I've been multiple times. I mean, yay. I do think it's a dirty place. Everybody has said that to me. It's a dirty place. Even French quarters is like, even though you're down there and that's where everybody is the next morning after a party, it's disgusting. Oh. <sighs> That being said, the food is incredible there. Okay. I do like the general vibe. It can get, depending on what you're there for, it can get somewhat creepy just because it does bring out a certain weirdo. That being said, I'm a huge fan. I I, I would never live there because the it's too humid. Plus, I don't know how I feel about living on a city that's, you know, can be flooded at any time. Yeah. Uh, just because of how it's at sea level and everything. I don't know about that part, but I do love visiting there and I love having like a weekend there and just hanging out, walking around and eating. I'm so glad you said all that because I am that weirdo. The context for this is um, my husband and I always do like a spooky trip for our wedding anniversary, which is next week. So this time next week, I will be in New Orleans. So I'm not going to give it a year or nay yet because I've never been. So I will reserve my judgment, but we're going to do the spooky stuff. Like we're the weirdos that are going to do like the voodoo tours and the like vampire tours and go to the graveyard. That That stuff's fine. I don't think that's weird. Uh, it's more just like the the people, like uh, you just get some like everybody has said degenerate people that it's dirty, and I'm yeah. a little well, you get concerned. some like degenerate dirty people. Ugh, okay, but it, anyway, good, good yeah, like no, actually the like the voodoo stuff, things like that. You are gonna miss out on like the gumbos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't do any of that. Yeah, which is crawfish boil is the one. Like when I'm looking at restaurants, it's like crawfish boil, crawfish oh, boil. I'm like I would man. die. 
Dude, a crawfish, I can just think about it right now. And, you know, I just sit there and crack that back off, Ew. eat it, and then I suck the I suck the head. Oh, man, so good. Gross. Oh, God. <laughs> I just did, we just did one on Labor Day. We did a crawfish boil. We flew in the crawfish, and we flew in the um, the seasoning from New Orleans. Like the Cajun, Yeah, there's a is. restaurant down there, and it's going to flee me. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, God, I can't think of the name. But anyway, it's a it's a famous place where you can buy like their seasonings and you can do that. And we we had it all come up and we made a huge crawfish boil. I'm sure I will see plenty of them while yeah. we're down there. So <laughs> they're they're pretty good. I mean, it's it's I always joke. It's a lot of work because you sit there and just crack these things to get a little meat out of them. Yeah, it's like crap. But yeah, they're yeah, it's like oh, yeah, crab. At least crab I get more out of. Mm-hmm. Like this is a little, but. There is something around sitting around a table and just snapping these things and eating them and slurping them Ugh. and go. Gross. Oh, I will report back on my New Orleans experience. They got their little eyeballs. Okay. And we're done with that. <laughs> okay. Diving into some questions. You're going to see a lot of it next week. Oh, God. Okay. Now I'm like dreading going. <laughs> back into the golf space, into the golf sphere, if you will. We have three questions. The first one is, of the 65,000 combinations in every store, how many of them are actually relevant to any given golfer on average? Oh, you know, I saw this question. It's really hard. I, I, I don't... You can also like how many, how many combos realistically are you trying in a full bag fitting? Like start there. So, yeah. So you're usually going to try three to five golf shafts and three to five heads. Okay. And that's usually what you're going to get down to. And, yep. and, and one of the best parts is, is we do take a million swings a month in our base. Okay. Which is all law. All your swings are up in the cloud. And then we take that and we've worked with a group to create an AI software that takes, you know, all the swings we have, what the fitter fits you for and ultimately what you bought coupled with the TrackMan optimizer, which is basically for folks that don't know what the optimizer is. A lot of people don't realize that like there is just the best you can be, right? Like a lot of times you go somewhere and you're like, oh, I hit it farther. So I bought it. Or somebody said, oh, I got 10 yards. So I bought it. The reality is, is because the USGA has put limitations on what a golf club can do. And then obviously there's a limitation to how fast you can swing a club. So, you know, once we get you as fast as we can swing in a club, we know what an optimal ball flight can be for you mm-hmm. and optimal distance can be for you. The AI kind of uses that and it helps really narrow down what we need to look for uh, when we're in the fit. And so that's how we take that 65,000 combinations and get down to that point. It also is one of those things, too, that comes down to price point as well. So uh, I think I said it earlier, you know, when we look at our wall, it's just not the launch spin, bend profile, torques, all that. We have overlap based on three price points, too. So, you know. That's another part when we're trying to break down this wall, like, you know, when you come in for a fit is, okay, what price point are we going to be comfortable in? Right. And can we make that happen? And so, you know, you got, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's probably more like three to five shafts and three to five heads. There's certainly people that come in and want, even though we give them the advice of not to waste the swings, they're like, can I hit this? Can I hit that? Sure. It's your expense. It's your experience, right? Time allows. I mean, if, usually time will allow. It's more of, if your swing can hold up yeah, that yeah, long. Yeah. Are you tired? Yeah. Are you tired? Uh, it's usually what it comes down to more than anything, but you know, that's why we always tell golfers we're like, Hey, we're going to be as efficient as possible. Cause we only have so many swings. Um, at the same time, if you want to hit more at the end, we can hit more at the end, yeah. you know, but yeah, that's how we work through it. And listen, 
you see all the brands and new offerings and things coming out. This world isn't going to get smaller in golf. It's only going to get bigger. And so, you know, having the ability to have all those combos to try to, you know, really make a specific golf club for you is huge. I mean, when I was starting and we'd have maybe 10 shafts to choose from and 10 heads to choose from, because that was, you know, when I started, that's all we had. You know, I could only get you so far. Like I could, you know, because I didn't have the offerings. With these many offerings, people go, well, do you really need them all? Yeah, I actually kind of do because that's how we, you know, you not only meet budget, but can also get, you know, almost about every golf tournament optimal. It's not about what the best we can do. Now, sometimes it is, but rarely that way anymore with all the combinations we have, we can truly find a combo that gets you optimal. Yeah. And I think like the first question about like how many of them are actually relevant and you correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you obviously are way more well-versed in this than I am, but I, I think people walk in and they see 400 driver shafts on the wall and they're like, Oh, okay. I have 400 options. No, no, you don't like the number that's actually relevant to your swing is a lot lower than right. you think it is, which supports what you were saying where yeah. it's like all of our training and everything, like all yeah. of our fitters can get that down a lot quicker and they're not going to pull yeah, a shaft. A 95 that's wrong. mile per hour wood shaft, you, you know, or driver swing, you can eliminate all extra stiffs. Yep. Okay. You could probably eliminate anything 70 grams or higher. Yep. You know, then you start getting a spec. Okay, you're a low launch, low spin guy, and we need to get the launch and spin up. Well, now we can take all low launch, low spin shafts out, and then you can take out, you're probably even kind of question marking medium launch, medium spin shafts. So, you know, you can start, like, people, it, it seems like a big number, and how do you whittle it down? But it's it's by these characteristics of launch, you know, launch and spin characteristics, weight characteristics, flex characteristics. Yeah, and then you and, narrow it down even further. It's like, well, you went from 400 to 10 shafts that are reasonable. Yeah. And in those 10 shafts, which length is right for you and which yeah. price point is right for you? So there's yeah. like four shafts price that are point. actually relevant. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So. That's how um, it kind of whittles down real quick. Now, like I said, it, 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 even without AI, could you, you, you know, we could cipher through it. But the, the AI co-pilot that we use in our fits definitely makes it a lot more. Or, you know, like slim down where it can see that in your numbers as it's collecting your swings. Mm -hmm. It's it's going, okay, this person swings like this. This person has these metrics. Here's the golf shafts. They're going to be best for it. Yep. Based off, you know, whatever, 12 million swings a year we have. Yeah. So it's crazy. Cuts out the the extraneous swings. Yeah. It gets more data. It, it's always learning from other people. So that's what I always joke is like. Uh, you know, there's going to be somebody with a similar swing profile to you. They got fit in, you're in Chicago getting fit. They got fit in, let's say, uh, Bellevue, Washington, and it can use that knowledge to help our fitter here in Chicago, get you fit faster based off that. Cool. I like that answer. We've asked this question before, but it's always good to kind of have a refresher every few years. So what do you think will be the biggest thing to change about custom fitting in the near future? Yeah. And I, I never know how to answer this. Um, <laughs> Because honestly, the core has never changed, right? The core of a fitting is is understanding your goals, okay? Either solidifying those goals or resetting those goals based off factual like data. And then, you know, ultimately having the combinations, which we just talked about in order to get you to your, you know, the goal. And then build, being able to build the golf club that actually produces that, that goes in your bag and goes out on the golf course, which mm -hmm. again is another thing I always like to talk about because you can get fit a lot of different places. Now you're going to get the best fitting club champion, but you can fit other places. What you're not going to get other places is the actual club that you got fit for built and in your bag. So when you actually go out and play, it actually works where most people go through a fitting or they go through a demo day, go buy the club somewhere else. And it never works the day like it did that day. Well, there's a reason because building two clubs is the same. So, I don't know if I know how to answer this question directly because I don't think there's a whole lot. I mean, obviously, you can see we added as the options have grown and we want to expand having 
some mathematical uh, equations behind us definitely makes life easier, which is why we built the AI Copilot. So that's one part. And I think you're going to see other groups try to do that as well. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be hard because there's probably not as many groups out there that have a hundred and some stores to pull 12 million shots from, but I'm sure you're going to see more of that. Yeah. And I do think you're going to see more and more places kind of understand that the custom build process is a part of the process that's under, uh, under ranked and the importance of the fit to build. And I, last week, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've been given the same speech over and over and over again about how this place was founded. But I always tell people, I go, listen, this place was founded in 1998 when I watched the tour players go back and forth between tour trailers and tweak their every golf club till it perfectly hit the window they want. And, you know, I asked the pro because I was working at the range. Why doesn't why doesn't like normal people like me get this? And they go, well, most people aren't good enough and most people don't want to spend the money. And the reality is, is awareness is just the biggest part. I said that day I decided I don't, that's not okay. I'll spend the money. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any money. I was working at the driving range and so that I could play free golf there and pay for my golf habit. I go, people will do that. So I I think what you're going to see is like this custom fitting just become bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. Because the, the awareness is getting out there that like, no matter if you're new to the game, you're shit at the game, you're a tour player, whatever it is but you, you're in the game, get custom fit. Yep. Good answer. And oh, our fun one. So lastly, I got to like grab the paper because this is a lot. Um, <laughs> would you rather allow open qualifications to the Ryder cup? Kind of like we do for the U S open for men, women, and juniors. So you could have a mixed team or would you rather allow golfers to pay their way into a spot on the Ryder cup team? I know you don't like either one of these. That's why this no, is hard. I don't like either one. But if I had to pick my cancer, it would be allow open qualification to the Ryder Cup. To my point, you'd have people that want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you allow golfers to pay their way to the spot, you might get shit golfers that just pay. They're there for like the wrong reason. The whole point of the Ryder Cup is for the USA to beat up on, you know, the Europeans, right? You want the best, most motivated squad to do that. Okay. To me, if you do allow open qualification to the Ryder Cup, you're going to get the best of the best. Mm-hmm is basically what it should be is the best of the best that want to play for their country and want to go out there and win. If you allow golfers to pay their way, you'll get, you may get some golfers that obviously they may still want to go out and win. They just may not be the best. And at that point, then we're not doing the Ryder company service. Yeah, I agree with you. I would, I would rather do the open qualifications. I think there's obviously there's problems with both of them. That's why we don't do these two setups, right? That was the point of the question, but I think the open qualifications, the only problem with that is, is like, what if you have a really good or a really bad day during those qualifications? Cause it's not like a full season that you're looking at. And no, you're, but you're I mean, you're doing like, you know, they do it for the PGA tour and the Q school and stuff like that. I, I think you can have either a, a one or two qualifiers that are multi-day qualifier events that help sweep that out. Yeah. That's and the question. I think if you did it close to the Ryder Cup, mm-hmm. uh, within a couple of weeks of the Ryder Cup, that'd be even cooler. Yeah, it's because it's like you then, build up the anticipation. Yeah, right. If you, hey, listen, if you had some bad days, then you don't belong to be there. Right. And we saw some people that had some bad days <laughs> at the Ryder Cup that probably didn't belong to be there. I mean, the other one, like the only way you could make this work for me, allowing golfers to pay their way, is if like that chair, that... Uh, those dollars went to a charity where it's like, we're paying our way onto the team, but we're actually doing good for the world. But even then it's just who has nah, the most money. They can just donate that money somewhere yeah. else. Who has the most money? I want, yeah, I don't want that. I, I want, I want people that, like I said, I want a team of people that actually want to go represent their company <laughs> and win or country and win and pay in your way. You might want to represent your country and you might be all in, but if you, if you suck, you suck. Yeah. I would be that person. And like, I would l- I would try to find a way to pay for it, but I would suck. So it would, it would be an be- entire team of live golfers. Cause they're all so rich now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't 
don't know that I want to watch that Ryder Cup, but um, okay. That's all we have for you guys today. Next time we talk to you, we will have Drew Cody, a world long drive competitor and a partner to club champion on to talk about his experience at the world long drive championships. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to fits with the founder. Remember to rate review and subscribe to support our show. And if you want more equipment content, follow the club champion and TXG content teams at TXG, a club champion brand on social media. Yeah,